Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Oh my goodness, hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and welcome to our annual Christmas special. (laughs) And would you please keep that festive cheer going for Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Here they are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my God! Who's ready to? It's uh, bright. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. I can't see your face yeah. right there. Do my? Am I okay? This uh, uh, normally, ugh, I don't want to have to do comedy one hundred and one. You don't normally mention that you haven't gotten used to being on stage before. Um, <laughs> most stages you go on, there will be light shining. That's how they can see us. What so, the fuck? Oh my God, what is this thing I'm talking into? <laughs> this is actually this is all pretty standard stuff. Oh, so, okay. Um, cool. d- do we always wear these hats? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> if, you're doing, ju- if you're doing comedy, which I think this sort of is. Well. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Can I say, Dave, you have never looked cuter. <laughs> Thank you. My God. Thank you. This is actually a good week for me. On Instagram earlier in the week, someone said, uh, tagged a friend on a, a video we posted saying, I can't believe how cool Dave is. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I took to take that in the positive sense. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm the cutest I've ever been. Yeah. You're crushing it this week. Yeah. Matt, right, you lift look- your fucking game. Okay. <laughs> I would make the argument that if someone's listened to you for thousands of hours and then after seeing you briefly, they're surprised you're cool. <laughs> I'd be, personally, I'd, I'd be looking at that more negatively than <laughs> And that's the fundamental difference between you and I. <laughs> we tried, I just went and got us all hats, and this one, uh, her head's too big for it. Too smart. Does anyone? Yeah, okay, great. Oh, my God. Okay, but the pressure is on. But if it fits, on. don't, like, make a big fuss about it, all right? Yeah. If okay. it fits, uh, you will be it my bride. Fit, that um. went on so easily. I, I can't confirm, it fits! <laughs> so easily yeah. you've just made a big mistake <laughs> I'm no it's fine I'm just going to sit here all night and every time I see it glimmering I'll just go oh, god damn it I also got bonbons because um, like half our listeners overseas don't have these at Christmas and I thought it would be fun to have them and then I forgot that no everyone at the show today does have them <laughs> this is a show in Melbourne so that so, just hit you now yeah so I don't know I'll just put them over here Okay. Oh, you don't want to have a go? Oh. Yeah, no. Really? Even if they know what they are? Yeah. Well, I guess that would still be fun. Well, maybe I'll do one with my bride to be. Hey! I want it. Uh, for those at home, uh, get used to losing and. Uh, <laughs> and I just is shaking her head. What the fuck? Actually, no, I won the big bibby. You got all the. Oh, they're empty. They got nothing in them? So that, okay. Okay. They, I thought they were surprisingly good value. And, um, so what's the point of that? That is quite strange. No, there's got to be something. Do another one. <laughs> so for the people at home, Matt had a go. He opened one up, and there's nothing inside it. Usually, there's a gift and a little hat, maybe a joke. Can't help but feel that's a bad omen for our nuptials. <laughs> She's not she, agreed to the nuptials. Hang on. She put okay. on the hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. They don't even make a sound. Oh, hang on. This has got something in it. Oh, there's something in it. I think it. we just had one dud. <laughs> it's a dead mouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh, has it got a little joke? Yep. Okay, Dave, can you quickly explain for listeners who don't understand what's going on? Uh, we've just popped a Christmas cracker, a Christmas bonbon. Uh, inside, there's usually a little hat, which Jess has got a purple one there. And there's always a, a joke or a riddle sometimes. The hat's also never fit my head. Okay. Um <laughs> Such a big knob. I've got a big head. My mum is a small woman too. It's really unkind. Um, this, is a, this is a good joke. How much does it cost to swim with sharks? Someone said a lot. <laughs> An arm and a leg. That is... <laughs> now that got me in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Someone reading the joke and people going, uh, oh, it's like home. But that, like, that's a lot of money, but be more specific, surely. Like, I want to. Yeah. How much? How much? <laughs> no, Matt, it's just a joke. It's not like a pamphlet. Yeah, it is. It sounds like an absolute joke. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly won't be patronising oh them. Oh, boy. Shall we explain what this is? Yeah, explain the show, Jess. What are we doing here? Well, first and foremost, actually, um, give us a little cheer if you've never heard Do Go On before. Couple of people, couple of people being brought along. I know that's scare, a scary question because you think I'm going to attack you, um, and I will. No. Um, so if you've never joined us before, thanks for coming along. Um, what this is is uh, a podcast where one of the three of us researches a topic. Um, Don't look. 
It's yes. on my iPad, genius. Yes. Um, <laughs> I had to download the file for you. Um, uh, and I renamed it. it Dave Christmas Episode 2023 just so you wouldn't know. Oh, that's not the topic. <laughs> okay, well then your guess is as good as mine. Anyway, one of the three of us goes away, researches the topic, brings it back to the other two who listen very politely and never interrupt with dog shit riffs. Um, and it's Dave's turn for this Christmas episode. Yes, you, would you believe this is our ninth annual Christmas special? I, I can't remember last year. Last year? Remember the Star Wars have holiday we done, special? We haven't done nine Christmas shows. I don't know, Dave, have we? Yeah, this is, this is well, nine. Well, I think one of the very first episodes we ever did was a Christmas one, so that was why, probably. What? And that was about, <laughs> that was probably about nine Christmases ago? Yeah. Okay, now it's starting to add up. This is my longest relationship, and it is toxic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're doing a great job, Jess. In our relationship? Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to move forward slightly so I can see Matt's beautiful face. All right, here we go. So we always start with a question. What about my face? Your face was all I could see and it was a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) We've already talked about the size of your head. (laughs) Honestly, it was like this big moon right here. No, it's a beautiful face. Beautiful face. You have a face that's so beautiful it's off-putting. Yes. That's why. I'm alone. And now Matt has started leaning back and now I can see him even less than before. Well, I'm worried about these people over here. If I do that, then they they're can't see you. They're getting a lot of, lot of FaceTime over here. How you doing? <laughs> the cutest I've ever looked. We should say Matt's wearing a, a Santa hat, Jess is wearing reindeer ears, and I'm wearing an elf's hat. That's yeah. why I look so freaking cute for people at home. Mine okay. had to be on a headband that's adjustable. Yeah. <laughs> because I have a gigantic head. So uh, what size have you adjusted it to? Max. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, it is the pressure's a bit much. Oh, yeah. yeah, that thing's holding on for dear life. Yeah, yeah. Let's get this over with. Okay. My question is, <clears throat> I might pass out. <laughs> for the Christmas special, what now legendary event took place on Christmas 1914? Oh. Oh. Oh, the the war truce. The war truce. The war truce. The Christmas, Christmas truce. Day truce. Christmas truce. It is the Christmas truce. Yes, I'm going to give it to you though. <laughs> Well done. Well done. I just wanted to say more words you to so, see, you see so if I could get there. it right. Uh, it's the Christmas truce of World War One. This means suggested by a bunch of people, including uh, Nathan Parker from Colorado, Ross McFadden from Carlisle, Ooh. Sam Jones from Kingswoodford, John Nassie from Calgary in Canada, Ezra Zoram Kenyas. Oh my God. From uh, Hoofdorp, North Holland. It's exciting. Incredible. All of these sound fantastically made up. Um, <laughs> no, don't worry. I'm going to read out one that you. It's definitely real now. Padrag O'Leoctra <laughs> from Southwest Ireland. Scott from London. He's real. <laughs> Alexandra Simonson from Norway. So, and th- that's it. So no one from Australia wanted this, but here we are. <laughs> okay. No one wanted this. No one here wanted it. Now, the Australian War Memorial writes, Christmas and war are not compatible, but too often they are thrust together. So on this episode... (laughs) It's quite quite, quite violent. Too often. Yeah, that is one of the nichest uh, porn search terms I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) And you know know something would come up. Certainly would. Lobbing him over here, 
Uh, on this episode, I'm going to look at Christmas time during wartime from 1899 to present, with, of course, a big stop off at the famous Christmas truce of 1914. So let's get into it. Our first Christmas during wartime is 1899, during the Second Boer War. One of my favourites. Yeah, that's a great war. Yeah. By name alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know nothing about it, but Boer War is Boer fun. War. Yeah, and I'd, I'd go to the ball war if I could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you go to p- part one or part two of the ball war? Oh, I'd collect both yeah. if I could. <laughs> Sequels are never as good, so I'd go one. Okay. Well, I'm afraid we're here. Start number two in 1899. The war had just kicked off in South Africa only a couple of months before. The Boer War was a conflict. I know you know this, Jess, but uh, for everyone else, fought between the British Empire and the two Boer Republics, the South African Republic and the Orange Free State, over the empire's influence in Southern Africa from 1899 to 1902. And in 1899, right as things kicked off, the town of Ladysmith, southeast of Johannesburg, was under siege. And the Boers surrounded the town as the Brits were driven back into Ladysmith. It became a full-on siege that went on for nearly four months. And it's interesting to note that both Winston Churchill and Mahatma Gandhi were present at the siege. Oh. There you go. Churchill was a war correspondent and Gandhi was a stretcher bearer. Okay. Just different roles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quite both, different. Both equally important. Hey, Jess, are you also picturing real Boers? <laughs> One team of pigs versus English people. <laughs> Actually, it's pigs on pigs then, isn't it? <laughs> and English in. <laughs> Absolutely got them a beauty there. <laughs> I, was pi- I was picturing really boring people. And also the boars. English people, we're so sorry. Uh, so Ladysmith and its inhabitants were constantly under fire from guns, but they were also shelled from uh, artillery, and on Christmas Day 1899, there was to be no truce. The shelling continued, but some of the shells didn't explode. This wasn't that uncommon, but when examined, one of the shells was found to contain a Christmas pudding, two union flags, and the message, compliments of the season. (laughs) So it was literally raining pudding. (laughs) Compliments of the season. I love that. It also feels passive-aggressive. Yeah, it really does. I love it. It does. And, uh, and it also had shrapnel in it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and they'd ru- go, oh, pudding, and they'd pick up the pudding and it would explode. Yeah. <laughs> Ruin their famously already wonderful teeth. They're <laughs> <laughs> really sticking the boot in. I know. That's right, but if we were in England, we would not be saying any of this. No, no, no. <laughs> We're now, cowards. Yeah, 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 absolutely yeah. cowards. Absolutely Big time. Now, Big time. At, at least... But we love Australia. Yeah. <laughs> No, please, that's horrible stuff. <laughs> now, it wasn't just one. At least three of the puddings were found. And that's, that's not the only surviving Christmas pud from the Boer War. Thomas Ashford of the New South Wales Mounted Rifles took his 1901 pudding back home to Australia. Great country. After the war... <laughs> he... So he brought this pudding home and he donated it to the Australian War Memorial shortly before his death in the 1950s where it remains to this day and is thought to be one of the oldest puddings in the world. And we've got it. We've got it. We've got it. Yeah, in England they ate theirs in the 1950s. Yeah, not us. We've got the oldest pudding. I had a a similar experience just earlier today. I was around around at mum and uh, dad's, they were putting up their Christmas decorations and mum used to be a teacher and one of her things she'd put on the tree, had, she realised had a chocolate treat in it, but she's been retired for multiple years. Um, 
So I was open and yeah, it, it was uh, delicious. Um, <laughs> no, it did not look good at all. It did not look good. You're not going to donate it to the Australian War Memorial? Oh, well, I didn't, until now, I didn't know it would have any value. Yeah, they take anything. <laughs> So that's the Boer War then. The First World War kicked off in July 1914 and Matt's done a fantastic three-part episode about what kicked it all off and what happened. But after the first few months, the Western Front across Belgium (laughs) and France became a years-long stalemate of almost 500 miles of opposing trenches. It was muddy, at times hot, and by Christmas, freezing cold. Honestly, such a nightmare place to be at any time. War. Yeah, but, but specifically the trenches Ooh, of the Western Front. That frontiers. is a hot take, my friend. <laughs> they were very... Take me back to the trenches. <laughs> War, not good, hey. I would ponder, what is it good for? <laughs> Thank you. Someone had to say it. Someone had to say it? <laughs> if we just shut up, he'll just keep doing little... He'll do all the jokes and the reading. Great. Well, now, what, what is it good for, the military-industrial complex? Um, <laughs> I mean, without war, we wouldn't have the Australian War Memorial. Yeah, yes. exactly. Or the, the oldest goes on. pudding. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth yeah, it. Exactly. In the end, it was worth it. That's what they were fighting for. <laughs> we wouldn't have the Anzac Day footy game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My next sentence is, it was awful stuff. Thousands being killed every day on both sides. <laughs> Right? Can we collectively say we know? <laughs> we know. But what about? So some of them had guns, and they would shoot it at the others. Uh, to me, that's not on. No. <laughs> Someone had to say it. But what about Christmas, Jess? What about it? What about it? Well, as a little reprieve from the misery, in October 1914, England's King George V's 17-year-old daughter, Mary launched an appeal to fund a Christmas gift for every member of the British Armed Forces. Shortly before Christmas 1914, advertisements were placed in the British press seeking donations for the Soldiers and Sailors Christmas Fund, and £152,000 was raised, which in today's money is over £15 million. Oh, shit. Yeah, ooh. Each soldier from this fund was sent a brass box that contained various objects. Smokers got 20 cigarettes and and a yellow monogrammed wrapper. They got an ounce of pipe tobacco, a pipe, a Christmas card, and a photo of Princess Mary. <laughs> oh, that's gross, isn't it? She's 17. Ooh. Oh, okay. Oh, yep, that's worse. Ooh. A non-smoker's gift was also produced if you didn't smoke, but these were made at a ratio of one for every 28. <laughs> so, so out of 28 people, they expected 27 to be smokers. Inside their box, they got the Christmas card and the photograph of Princess Mary. Don't worry, they didn't miss out. (laughs) But instead of smoking-related materials, it contained a packet of acid tablets, which I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Acid tabs. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Have fun, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just have... And then the the commanding officer goes, now go that way. Yeah. (laughs) It turns out they're a type of sour lemon-flavoured sweet. So they just got a, a block of candy and they got a khaki writing case with pencil, paper and envelopes. Mm. Very cute. Very cute. It is cute. I'm going to go with you. Cute. <laughs> I didn't know how I felt about it. I'm going to say cute. Happy with that. 
The boxes were watertight and even after the contents was used, they were great containers for their possessions and photos and it became kind of like an iconic thing that they all carried everywhere. Yeah, nice. The boxes continued to be given out throughout the rest of the war. The final number being produced was over 2.6 million. <sighs> wow. Did they do one for everyone's birthdays too? <laughs> they have a cake? Yeah. And inside, get a little prezzy? Inside a little box, a little box of cake. <laughs> the idea of sending Christmas gifts to soldiers happened throughout the war. In Gallipoli in 1915, where many Australians... <gasps> That's us! ...were stationed for Christmas. Christmas goodies were packed in billies. For overseas people, that is an Aussie term for a metal container used for boiling water, making tea or cooking over a fire. Mm-hmm. It's also a term for a bong. <laughs> I actually, I actually didn't look into whether it was a bong or that kind of. Thing. <laughs> All the boys get a bong. <laughs> Light it up. And one in twenty-eight were nerds and didn't want to smoke. They just got more lollies. Yeah, they got the lollies. Oh, fine. I'll just have the acid. All right. <laughs> Up to 50,000 of these billies were given out, packed by female volunteers from the Alexandra Club, a private club for women based here in Melbourne. And they all had cartoons on them on these billies. One I've seen is a kangaroo knocking out a Turkish man with its tail, and the caption reads, This part of the world belongs to us. Turkey? Yeah. And these, yeah, these were given out in the Ottoman Empire, now Turkey. We'll have this. Yeah. This is ours. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Australian uh, geography uh, curriculum wasn't yeah. so good back then. Yeah. <laughs> this is ours. Yeah. Well, they didn't get it. Anyway. Huh. <laughs> Inside, they also had tobacco and cigarettes, matches, knitted socks, a pencil, writing paper, razor blades, pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, got lost in the accent there. Uh, <laughs> They, honestly, cake. They had cake, Jess. Yes. A little bit of cake. Famously a good travelling treat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does hold up well. Took months to get to the front line, a bit of cake. They also had sauces, pickles, tin fruit, cocoa, coffee and sauces. I've already said that. <laughs> but it's worth a, repeating. Yeah. Actually, for, for but, every soldier. Yeah. This is like a massive sack. It's a lot of they, stuff, They, they were it? just really making Princess Mary look like a tight ass. <laughs> <laughs> And they also got Anzac biscuits. Ah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, for overseas listeners who might not be aware, uh, Anzac biscuits are associated with the Anzacs, as you would know. The, which uh, this one is crazy. <laughs> which stands for the Australian New Zealand Army Corps, and they are made using rolled oats, flour, sugar, butter, golden syrup, baking soda, and boiling water, commonly sent to Anzacs as they last a long time. And they're still very popular in Australia and well protected too. Biscuit manufacturers must apply for Department of Veterans Affairs permission to use the word Anzac, which will only be granted if, quote, the, the product generally conforms to the traditional recipe and shape. Oh, so you can't, like, go rogue. You can't go rogue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it with cinnamon. Yeah. That's not an Anzac can't bicky. Do that. It's not. Mm. But before the Anzac, did you know this? I didn't know this. Came the Anzac tile. 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 <laughs> not quite as catchy. It's also known as uh, the army biscuit. Have you heard of these? Oh, I thought it's a biscuit. It's still biscuit. <laughs> yeah, but it's called a tile. Yeah. Okay. It's not something you put on the bathroom floor. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I thought I thought they're sending them each one tile, <laughs> and then they have to band together to tile their trench. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be very just nice. A, just a lovely subway tile. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a bit more homey, yeah, you know? There you go. Yeah. 
Oh, I got a pink one. You got trench foot, but don't worry about it. No, so also known as the army biscuit, it's essentially a long shelf life hard tack biscuit eaten as a substitute for bread. And they could be a tile or a brick because they are so, so hard. They often had to be soaked all day in soup just to be vaguely edible. Like, like honestly, it would break your teeth eating these things. They're rock hard, but they last forever. (laughs) 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 Sorry, no, my ears are burning. (laughs) (laughs) Matt's parents are here. (laughs) (laughs) What a joy, an hour ago that you're all decorating the Christmas tree together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lovely day for it that is, a, uh, that is a good reminder Thank you yeah. <laughs> It's always worth mentioning When one of us goes too far And then we go Oh no yeah. <laughs> So you got the Anzac tile Yes In 1915 Sergeant Cecil Robert Christmas Fuck right off Cecil Christmas Wrote a Christmas card From Gallipoli Does he off- just call it a card? I'm good I'm Cecil, I hate myself. Cecil, what are you like? <laughs> he wrote a Christmas card from Gallipoli on the back of one of these hardtack biscuits. <laughs> and it was successfully delivered and has survived until today. Oh, my God. Is it in the War Memorial? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's a they will take anything. Yeah, they'll take it. <laughs> And it reads, it's, it's hard to read, but the, they've got a photo on, on the memorial website. Just because it's like the, the old-timey cursive, that's yeah, why it's yeah, hard. It's just, not because it's written on a biscuit. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing to do with the biscuit, yeah. please. It's, it's a just, perfect surface. Just the pen c- couldn't get on there. It says, Merry Christmas, and then in brackets, illegible. Prosperous <laughs> New Year from old friends, Anzac, Gallipoli, 1915. Wow. There you go, really heartfelt. And that's from <laughs> Sergeant Christmas. <laughs> so good. So good. Was oh, sorry, time? if the War Memorial's listening, that's actually from all of us. Um, <laughs> forgot to get him something this year. <laughs> now we go back to those uh, horrible trenches of the Western Front. Remember, war is bad. Remember, we oh, that before? Yep, I stand by that. And we go back for the first Christmas of World War One in 1914. This is when the famous Christmas truce occurred. Britannica writes, in early December 1914, an attempt was made to secure an official truce for the holidays. Pope... (laughs) Do you cough every time I say the word Pope? (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. Imagine that. That would be lovely. Pope Benedict XV had transcended to the... Papacy, just a month after the outbreak of war, and on December the 7th, he issued an appeal to the leaders of Europe, quote, that the guns may fall silent, at least upon the night the angels sang. I'm going to need that translated. (laughs) Basically, can you just cut it out on Christmas? Right. Just have a fucking break. Can he just say that? Yeah. Not this guy. (sighs) Benedict's hope was that a truce would allow the, the warring powers to negotiate a fair and lasting peace, but there was little interest from leaders on either side. So they said, absolutely not. But it actually occurred much more naturally. And it started on Christmas Eve, 1914. Christmas Eve being a time for celebration for many in German culture. And obviously they're on the opposite side to the English and French and Belgian soldiers. As night fell on another long day of bitter fighting, 
The sound of German soldiers singing Christmas carols drifted across no man's land that separated the opposing trenches. That's nice. It is nice. <laughs> the English soldiers heard this and they began to sing their own carols and soon they were joining in together. Oh, so now it's a, it's a song battle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, Christmas tree! Oh, Christmas tree! <laughs> Fuck you. Well, it was kind of because they did a bit of Silent Night and then the original version in German still knocked. So they'd go, your version, our version. Oh. And uh, just as a side note, so it's originally written in German. The music was originally composed by Austrian primary school teacher Franz Xaver Gruber, Hans Bubby. <laughs> And it was written to the lyrics of a priest, uh, Joseph Moore, and was composed only a few hours before its debut at a Christmas Eve midnight mass in 1818. Wow. So he got given the, the lyrics and said, can you write something for mass tonight? And they wrote, he wrote Silent Night in like three hours. Imagine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and now, 96 years later, two opposing sides who hours earlier had been shooting at each other's heads were singing it together. <laughs> Isn't that nice? That's beautiful. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice, Matt? Ah, uh, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Just wanted to bring you back in for a sec. Thanks. You can zone out again now. Some of the... Eng- <laughs> the, the, the weirdest thing is I can't tell. I can't tell if that's zoning in or out. <laughs> I'm locked in, Dave. Let's go. Look at well, then- I'm rock hard and I can go for hours. <laughs> Jess, my parents are here. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the English troops shouted out to the Germans, who in some spots along the line were as close as 30 metres away. So very close, and they can hear each other well. Many of the Germans had previously lived in Britain before the outbreak of war and spoke really great English, so the two sides were able to freely communicate in many spots. Some of the German troops had small Christmas trees, which were lit by candles... And these began to appear over the top of the trenches. Oh. They have little Christmas trees. Yeah. How did That's this so war keep going? <laughs> How did they go back to yeah. war after this? You yeah. like that guy's Ooh. got a little Christmas tree over there. German Emperor William... That hurt my heart. Oh, no, it's so nice. That's so cute. The Emperor William II had sent the Christmas trees to the Germans in, in an effort to bolster morale. He probably didn't expect them to share the morale with the enemy, though. <laughs> hey, we've got heaps of these. <laughs> and as the usual rain gave way to frost, and in some places there was even a light dusting of snow, it was a white Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Two very different reactions there. The next day, as the sun rose on Christmas Day, in some places the guns stayed silent and troops from both sides slowly and very cautiously came out of the trenches to meet and congregate in no man's land, for many getting their first proper look at the enemy they'd been shooting at only hours before. Yeah, how do you go back to the next yeah. day like, okay, gonna kill you? Yeah. Because I would, yeah, until seeing them, they would have just been thinking of it, you know, the propaganda yeah. caricatures of each other. They actually, we were just shooting at humans. Oh, my yeah. God. Why did someone say, I didn't want to kill humans? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was killing the goblins. Yeah. The- yeah. yeah. We thought you were werewolves. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you're finding out some of them lived down the street from you. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh. Yeah, I lived in Leeds as well. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Time magazine writes that in some places, Germans held up signs saying, you no shoot, we no shoot, <laughs> which is lovely. They had little Christmas trees. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. 
So they met in the middle and complained about the weather. You know, oh my god, how about this mud? Classic chit chat. They spoke of sweethearts back home they'd have to leave behind. They, of course, swapped cigarettes. Yep. Can't get enough. A little bit of alcohol. Some of the Germans, uh, you know, had good lager that they were happy to swap. And even parts of their uniforms were swapped over. <laughs> that now that's getting yeah, weird. That's like the end gonna... of a footy game, but all of a sudden they go back to war and things are tricky. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! This looks bad. <laughs> I am not them. <laughs> Some even took photos together that survived to today, which you can see in the Walmart. <laughs> it's become my homepage this week. I love it. Can't get enough. You'll like this, yes. Will some, I? some of the Germans who had lived in England before the war even asked their English enemies to pass on messages to friends and girlfriends that they'd met whilst working in England. Oh, my God. Oh. I will, yeah, absolutely. After I kill you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pass it on. I read one, one, one place someone said um, they were a mechanic in England before, in Germany, before they, you know, sorry, in England, they're German. Yep. And they said to one of the English, oh, I actually left a motorcycle in one of the lockups. Can you check on it for me? <laughs> so good. So people are like, check on my, you know, check on my, my girlfriend, my friend. I think I left my oven on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could so you check for me? I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, like I think I did, but you know when you're just not sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could it's you probably, send someone round? It's probably fine. I was baking an Anzac tile, and um, <laughs> they do need three to four hundred days. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum heat. But we have time, but I do want someone to check. That's wild. They also agreed to bury their dead, many of whom had fallen in no man's land between the trenches and had been impossible to get to. In at least one place, both sides helped each other bury their dead, marked their graves with wooden crosses, and then held a joint funeral service, first in English and then in German. Oh, my God. And then had to go back to shooting each other yeah. the next day. Oh, wild. Uh, There's lots of stories, of course. One English soldier reportedly got a haircut from one of the Germans (laughs) who he recognised as the barber who used to cut his hair before the war when the German guy lived in England. I went, hey, you're my barber! Can I get a short pack in size? And I get that, because when you do find a good hairdresser... (laughs) So true. You know? Yeah. The loyalty. I haven't had a haircut in two years. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked. <laughs> that is wild. It's amazing. There's often talk of an organised football match between the mm. two sides. Some even recording that Germans won 3-2. But most historians seem to think that the proper game, you know, with 11 aside and referees and stuff, didn't actually happen. But... It was more than in a few places they had a bit of a kick about mm. with a few different football. Are historians won? English? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that actually didn't happen at all. Yeah. Um, that wasn't an official game. 3-2, yeah. that was one, yeah, informal side match, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was like 100 on their side, only four on ours. Not yeah, fair, it doesn't not fair, count. Yeah. No, it was just for fun, just for fun. Don't worry about the score, whatever, just for fun. It's actually so interesting. Now uh, you say that, Matt, it was an English historian. I read that. I heard that from <laughs> yeah. No, most historians agree. Yeah, seriously, it was. That's amazing. Now, it's important to, to note, as magical as this all sounds... Yeah, like, it sounds magical. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like one of those... Burying amazing, your dead yeah, and... But like heartwarming, like unbelievable. Yes. There's maybe another way to say it. It didn't happen along the whole front line. It was very much, in certain spots, a series of unofficial ceasefires all happened 
you know, organically. There so was, really, you just got lucky on whereabouts you were. Yeah, and wow. I, sometimes it would be miles, miles, in, you know, in a row. But there was no official truce because in some parts Germans put up the trees and they got shot. <laughs> well, the trees. Yes. Let me no. read. We lost three good trees that day. <laughs> Because here's what I'm picturing with the small trees, yeah. right? I am genuinely picturing like a full-size Christmas tree, <laughs> but just like shrunk down. It's like this big, but it smells like pine. Yeah. And it's just, it kind of like they're moving it. and it, Oh, man, it's so delightful in my brain. My big, big brain. <laughs> let, me, let me read something I'd written here, Matt. In one spot at least, one of the German soldiers held up his Christmas tree to start a truce. And one of the English officers ordered all his men to open fire on the tree. <laughs> oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. <laughs> so in that spot, the truce ended very quickly. In some places, the fighting continued right through and there were still casualties. Just on the British side, 77 people still lost their lives on Christmas Day. But it was a lot, lost, lot, 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 lost. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I've lost the ability to speak. A lot, lot, oh, oh, a lot, lot. I mean, my, my name is my pro- Michael Caine. <laughs> my problem is I've written the word lot twice mm-hmm. and it's really thrown me here. But it was a lot, lot less <laughs> than the days before. Ah. I think I got away with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a smooth recovery. That'll edit together really nicely, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> the truce mainly happened between... English and German soldiers and was not widely adopted in French-controlled areas of the front. A lot of the front they were fighting on French soil and the fighting had been bitter and they were like, well, you're on our, in our country invading. So it was a lot more personal. Mm. So This time. It's this time. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the places that they held the truce, they knew it couldn't last and many also used the ceasefire to improve and fortify their trenches. In some places, the truce lasted a few hours. In others, it was several days before the shooting started again. How do you start shooting again? You know, like, how, who starts it? How do you go, it's been a nice couple of uh, chill days. I've obviously done some renos on my on my little cutout of this trench. A couple of new tiles. Yeah, got some new tiles. Put up the Christmas tree. How, how do you just start shooting again? Well, in a few spots, it began again in a very formal fashion. This is uh, history.com. Recounting this. Captain Charles Stockwell of the 2nd Royal Welch Fusiliers fired three shots into the air and raised a flag that read, Merry Christmas. (laughs) His his German... (laughs) That's diabolical. (laughs) His German counterpart raised a flag that read... Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. It said, thank you. The two men then mounted the parapets, saluted each other, and returned to their sodden trenches. Stockwell wrote that the, his counterpart then fired two shots in the air, and the war was on again. <laughs> Good day, sir. And to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. It's, it's wild. Even at the time, the soldiers knew what they were experiencing was very unusual. <laughs> Henry Williamson, a 19-year-old private in the London Rifle Brigade, wrote to his mother on Boxing Day, and his letter survives. In the mor- memorial. <laughs> they got a lot of stuff. They're <laughs> hoarders, I reckon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have a clear out. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Have a fire Does it sale. spark joy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, this letter for me does. <laughs> Henry writes, Dear Mother, I am writing from the trenches. It is 11 o'clock in the morning. 
Besides me is a fire. Opposite me, a dugout wet with straw in it. The ground is sloppy in the actual trench, but frozen elsewhere. In my mouth is a pipe. Is <laughs> <laughs> he zoning in or out? No, no, no. He's like he's putting himself in the letter. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell this was in or out. Part of his process. Right, right, right. So you're in, you're in a you're in he's a in, he's in you're in, in a wet yes. wet muddy trench. He's putting himself in the scene. When I'm closing my eyes, that's I'm going into my mind palace. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm going into the the home cinema room and I'm putting on Dave Warnicky. <laughs> Talking now images, and I'm seeing all sorts of great stuff, yeah. including what a sloppy floor. Yeah. <laughs> and now, he, you, when you interrupted, Dave was about to go into his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought it was. Oh, you really broke the tension there, because I'm like, oh, what's it gonna be? Oh, what's gonna be in there? Is it gonna be teeth? Oh no, English people? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> All right, in, he writes, In my mouth is a pipe presented by the Princess Mary. In the pipe is tobacco. Of course you say, but wait. In the pipe is German tobacco. Ha ha, you say. <laughs> From a prisoner or found in a captured trench. Oh dear, no. From a German soldier. Yes. A live German soldier from his own trench. Ha ha, you say. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday, the British and Germans met and shook hands in the ground between the trenches and exchanged souvenirs and shook hands. Yes, all day, Xmas Day, and as I write, marvellous, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I just love so much. Ha ha, you say. (laughs) So good. So good. That was an awesome letter. That was was good. That guy had the skills. Did he... Is he still with us? <laughs> yeah, he's in the war memorial. <laughs> <laughs> Despite going down as a legendary event, not everyone was a fan of the truce. Although some of those that weren't aren't really on the right side of history. There was a young soldier whose regiment went on the front line and engaged in the truce and met the enemy in no man's land. Now, this man wasn't there himself that day, but was very critical, saying, such a thing should not happen in wartime. Have you no sense of honour? And that man was Adolf Hitler. (laughs) So if you hate the truce, you love Hitler. (laughs) Just saying. I love that there was a little, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Just at the mention of the name, oh, no. Here he comes. Don't let him be there. The following year, strongly worded orders from the high commands of both sides were issued in the lead-up to Christmas, warning against further fraternisation. Some were threatened with court-martial if they laid down their weapons and embraced the enemy. They were probably worried that by meeting the men you're shooting at, you're less likely to want to continue doing so. Yeah, fair. And it, it, they, they were worried that if um, the man you're shooting at stops to cut your hair <laughs> and you're really happy with the finished product yeah. <laughs> and you have a f- previous relationship with the man because he's a human being who lives near you, um, that you might not want to kill yeah. him. I mean, you see someone shooting me, you go, oh, fuck, well, there goes my mad yeah. fate. Great. Oh. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Great. My hairdresser's a bit younger than me and I'm already worried about the day she retires. <laughs> She's got me for life, whether she wants it or not. <laughs> yeah. I worry about it. It keeps me up at night. I think, Shelley, don't you dare have a career change. <laughs> I need this. Your hair looks fantastic, Shut by up. the way. <laughs> I wasn't fishing. 
So they thought they might have thought that by fraternising with them, like I said, it puts you off shooting them. And they were probably right. British soldier Murdoch M. Wood, speaking in 1930, said, I then came to the conclusion that I have held very firmly ever since that if we had been left to ourselves, there would never would have been another shot fired. Yeah, wow. So and here's the thing, like, you and I have fraternised a fair bit. Oh, yeah. Over Should we say this publicly? <laughs> over many... They've long had their suspicions. Um, over many years. But I would not hesitate in shooting you in the face. <laughs> I guess I'm just not like other girls. <laughs> Wait, you're like in a in a war scenario when we're on other. Sure. (laughs) Dave, do go on. I mean, I'm not even going to ask if you shoot me in the face. I think we all know. Okay. So after this legendary, but but (laughs) Jess Jess is nodding. <laughs> so after this legendary but brief respite, the war raged on, and one of the few winners of the war was the postal service. <laughs> they have kept that up till today. They loved it. History extra writes with so many men and women spending Christmas away from home, the demand for parcels at Christmas was greater than ever. Over the entire course of the war, the Army Postal Service sent 114 million parcels from Britain to conflict zones and two billion letters. Army postmen were dubbed Santa Claus in khaki. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. (laughs) I like it because it's real snappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Santa Claus in khaki. khaki. (laughs) Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, footballs, harmonicas, books were all sent in bulk. The Conamore brand offered cigarettes with the with a regimental crest embossed for the ultimate personal touch for absent sweethearts. Its slogan was, in trench, mess, or on board a ship, every smoke will remind him of you, the giver. <laughs> no, See, that's what war was good for. The cigarette business. Bringing lovers yeah, together. That's yeah. beautiful. It is nice. It would have felt... Oh, how good would you have felt putting that copy out as a marketer? Yeah. <laughs> would have felt real good, I yeah. reckon. Would have taken you, a day off, I reckon. Yeah. As you wrote, the giver. The giver. With the white feather in your pocket yeah. for being a coward at home. <laughs> uh, some even got to go home for Christmas. Christmas leave for soldiers was an uncommon stroke of luck. In some cases, it was determined by drawing lots. Soldiers were relatively well looked after on the journey home from the front, thanks to the activity of a number of wartime charities. Delays in the post meant that some families did not get the warning of their loved one's arrival until they appeared at the door on oh, Christmas Day. How amazing would that that's be? That's better. You know, oh, but then you haven't made a bed for them. Yeah. <sighs> and that's a chore. Oh, yeah, the guy no. you're having an affair with well, still there. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're like, that's oh. awkward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got a new son now. <laughs> But all good things and bad things must come to an end, including World War One. I've never really thought about it like that, but that's great. All bad things also must come yes. to an end. Yeah. That's fantastic wow. news. Wow. Looking up. <laughs> so, just out of interest, how long have we got left today? <laughs> here on the home stretch here. Yeah, no, no reason. 
<laughs> but sadly, a few decades after the war to end all wars, would you believe it? The next generation were back out there fighting again. What? This time it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> World War Two back in the habit. <laughs> What's the other one we like? Secret of the Ooze. Secret of the Ooze. That's that's Matt's go-to. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a bit too real in this one, I think. Yeah. Oh. Uh, rationing during wartime meant that a lot of everyday things were harder to come by during the Second World War. Bacon, butter, sugar, meat, milk, cheese, eggs and cooking fat were all rationed and this had a big effect on the traditional Christmas meal. Once rationing was in place, turkey was off the menu. So mock food became popular with foods such as vegetables and sausage meat replacing turkey and other festive treats. They called them turkey but... They were often, in, re- in reality, a potato casserole formed into the shape of a bird. I'm actually all for that. <laughs> but I don't know if, it's, if it looks like a roast turkey or they tried to make it look like an alive turkey. <laughs> like, oh, I built a giraffe. Out <laughs> of potato. Uh, gifts were a, di- a little different too. The most popular Christmas present in 1940 was soap. Yes, just what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've heard everything. (laughs) Uh, Later on, the use of paper was banned, so you weren't allowed to wrap any of your gifts. Okay. Uh, During World War II in America, Christmas trees were in short supply because of a lack of manpower to cut the trees down. Well, they were cutting the tops off and sending them (laughs) to the German soldiers. So because of this, Americans rushed to buy American-made artificial trees, and this is when those took off. Ah. Plastic ones. Over in Germany, Christmas was also a little different. According to history.co.uk, the Nazis weren't keen on a traditional Christmas, especially with its religious overtones. Instead, they promoted the idea of a Nazi Christmas. Have yourselves... I might not finish that one. (laughs) During the Nazi Christmas, the the Nazi party and Adolf Hitler were at the centre of celebrations. This is a really weird nativity scene. (laughs) Little baby Hitler. (laughs) People have been talking about killing you for years. (laughs) Also, uh, the fairies... This is also from history.co.uk, not my words. The fairies on top of Christmas trees were also replaced with swastikas. Ah, oh, that's oh. beautiful. <laughs> Meanwhile, over in America, the National World War II Museum recalls, fewer men at home resulted in fewer men available to dress up and play Santa Claus. Women served as substitute <laughs> Santas at Saks's Fifth Avenue in New York City. See, Dave, even they went to women next. <laughs> And not very skinny 19-year-old boys. <laughs> I don't know if you know a lot about the war, Jess, but uh, they the were the ones 19- most busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, then we skip forward to the Korean War. In 1950, the miracle of Christmas occurred, also called the Hung Nam Evacuation. <laughs> Why are you making that face, Jess? I just, I wasn't expecting that after Christmas miracle. Christmas miracle. No, it's, it's, it's genuinely an incredible story. The BBC published an article on the evacuation in 2013. It's pretty amazing. In December 1950, some 100,000 UN troops were trapped in the North Korean port of Hungnam. They had been overwhelmed by Chinese forces in what became known as the Battle of Shosin and were lucky to have made it out of the mountains alive. They had faced an army almost four times their size, but now there was only one way to get to safety, by sea, and they had very little time to do it as the Chinese were closing in. But the troops were not alone. Thousands of North Korean refugees had also fled to the freezing beach. Many had walked miles through deep snow with young children in the hope of being saved. They were cold, exhausted and desperate. They too faced a pretty uncertain fate if the Chinese soldiers caught up with them. So a hundred ships came to rescue the troops, but the refugees were not part of the plan. But I'm pleased to say they started loading them on anyway, thousands lining up to get on board. And the BBC writes, the biggest ship, the SS Meredith Victory, was designed to carry 60 crew at the most, and now it had 14,000 refugees on board, as well as the cargo. And you see a photo, it is, they are packed in all, all across the deck. And there the was- boat is mostly underwater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a rescue submarine at yeah. this stage. And you know how I feel about yeah. submarines. Yeah, it was the choice between dying again on the sub. You're just going to stay oh, on that I beach. Don't, I don't dislike submarines. I just think they're silly. <laughs> I just think they're very silly. they got a little periscope. It's dumb. <laughs> so there's th- thousands of people packed in. There was no food or water, but despite the bad conditions, no one died aboard the ships. Wow. All 200,000 people who had made the perilous journey to South Korea, half refugees, half troops, all reached land alive. And the population even grew on board, five women giving birth on the SS Merit of the Victory. Shit. And this is uh, probably a little bit racist, but the US crewman... (laughs) But he's going to persevere anyway. You can't stop there, though. (laughs) 
You don't have to. But yeah. it's, it's got... A, there's a, a silver lining here. The... <laughs> The US crewmen didn't know any Korean names, so they called each of the babies Kimchi 1, Kimchi 2, 3, 4, 5. And in the BBC article, they interviewed one of the, the, the babies. They found him. And he grew up to be a vet called Mr. Lee. And although he didn't like the nickname at first, he grew to be proud and thankful for his survival and now has a business card that says Kimchi 5. Oh. That's, that's lovely. Uh, they are thought to be around a million descendants. Did they not just ask the parents? Like... <laughs> Why did they have to come up with names for it? I imagine there was they a... They literally pro- just got b- born there. The mum couldn't have been far away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. His name's Chris. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, there are thought to be around a million descendants of the Hungnam evacuation living in South Korea and the world today, including the parents of Moon Jae-in, who was president of South Korea until 2022. Wow. Wouldn't have been there without the evacuation. That's cool. Christmas miracle. Uh, then came the Vietnam War, and on Christmas Day 1967, all Australian commercial and national TV stations stopped what they were broadcasting to air a special called Messages from Vietnam, an army film made of the soldiers sending festive greetings to their families back home. And the conscription uh, for soldiers had only started the year before. They'd only been sent to Vietnam the year before. In an interview with the Australian Women's Weekly, Major Alan Hines said, We've made six separate programs for each of the states, recorded 265 messages, and at least 240 of these will be in the final program. So I'm not sure who didn't make the final cut. (laughs) But I've watched some of the special, which is uh, on the Australian War Memorial website. And for some reason, all of their voices are really high-pitched. I'm not sure if that's how people spoke back then or if it's just the camera, but one of the guys goes, Dad, have a bit of courage for us over Christmas and make it ice cold. Cold. Uh, <laughs> it really, it God, really we're a beautiful country. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we? Tear to the eye. Oh, the culture. The <laughs> ice cold. <laughs> Razor blood. <laughs> Let's go down to the Potsarail. <laughs> Finally, in East Timor in 1999, 100 years after their soldiers in Ladysmith and the Boer War were showered with an exploding Christmas pud, the Australian troops were treated to another explosion, the rock and roll explosion of John Farnham, Kylie Minogue and the Living End. What a group. It's an interesting mix. <laughs> John Farnham, Kylie, you're like, okay, Living End. Yeah. All right. This is as a part of the Tour of Duty concert for the troops. Doc Neeson from the band The Angels started it all. And Neeson also participated in the concert, which was held in Dili in East Timor, despite having been involved earlier in the month in a serious traffic accident in Australia in which he'd suffered severe whiplash and serious nerve damage to his neck and spine. That's rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, During the concert, he performed a number of The Angels tracks and duets with Farnham, Minogue and The Living End. And it sounds like such a great gig. It was emceed by Roy and HG. Oh, my God. Two of our absolute favourites. <laughs> we have lost it. We well, have lost him. No, big fan. Love that. Love that. That's work. cool. Kylie also performed uh, Santa Baby and also Jingle Bell Rock with The Living End. And then on everyone... And That's then every- so weird. Yeah. She didn't perform any of her own songs. Everyone got on stage for these four final tracks. Imagine this. Everyone on stage. I still call Australia home. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm gone. I'm crying in the back. Oh, I thought you meant you'd leave. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand it, oh. piece of crap. Then it's uh, You're the Voice. Oh, Jesus. Everyone together. It's raining. All the troops are singing along. Yep. It goes off as always. Mm-hmm. Then they did a bit of A Long Way to the Top. Yep. 
Sure. And finally, one of the Angels classic tracks, Take a Long Line. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, that's a bit of a dis- disappointment. But um, and now to finish... It's a classic song. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, hard. F- following, I mean, you're the voice should have really finished it all. Yeah. Let's be, take it, yeah. Well, you've got... Oh, yeah, I was going to say. But you've got Doc Neeson there. But yeah. I guess Fancy is also there. <laughs> Uh, and now to, to finish this, we will all stand and sing You're the Voice. Now let's sing Take a Long Line. You can start. All that wow. songs uh, sound similar at the start. Na 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 na. I take a long line. I take a line. We've done it now. Oh no, okay, wow. It's our own Christmas miracle. Matt, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Give it up for Dave Warnicky, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well done. Thank you. What are you doing for Christmas? None of your business. <laughs> I will be on Christmas holidays and I am not to be contacted. Do you want to do another bonbon? Just oh, to end bonbon. on a joke? Yes, okay. <laughs> So you were about to pass over the billy. <laughs> yeah, you two can do one there. Oh, okay. Um, you said you're bad at these, I'm and that really, is so baffling. Because I don't know one. how you can be bad at. You were about to see how bad I am. Here we go. Three, two, one. <laughs> Told you. At least they're starting to make noise now. Jess has got a joke here. Yep. Uh, why <laughs> is the beach always so confident? Something about it being it's, every time you put it, it puts its ear up to a shell, ear up to a shell, <laughs> it hears itself. And I was like, geez, I'm, I'm everywhere, I'm good. I don't know how big is this piece of paper. That's it. No, it's um, the answer is it's 100% sure. That's good stuff. That's not even true. It's not. So it has doubt. We all do. <laughs> we all do. Okay? And that's an unfair... I don't, I don't know who put these together, but I think that's an unfair expectation to put on the beach. You know how the beach has to be out here, always stiff up a lip going, yeah. oh, I'll be right. If you need to talk beach, I'm here. <laughs> if you need to talk beach, just hold a shell up to your ear. <laughs> And you'll hear me going, hey, you're all right, little boy. Hey, now, good on you, mate. Now, good on you. You need a chat? You need a chat? I'm here for you. You need a chat? Dave, I reckon (laughs) food at home, he'll keep going. What's Matt holding there? Uh, A little bit earlier, I had a a tab of acid. (laughs) (laughs) No, Penny in the front row. Penny? Oh, my God. (laughs) Fucking hell. I'm so bad. But gave me three Saints hats. Oh, <laughs> Merry, truly a Merry Christmas. Look at these. That's beautiful. <laughs> Did anybody else bring gifts? Yeah. <laughs> you just genuinely. Like okay, that well, I was joking, but thank, but that is very nice. I do like that <laughs> you brought three presents and they're all for me. <laughs> no, she's saying we can share, but I refuse. So <laughs> don't put that crap on my head. Yeah, usually yeah, it wouldn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had some fun here today. 
The ninth annual Christmas special. It comes but once a year, but what a... Just like Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Any day now. Jess is, of course, rounding up there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Is it too late to put myself on a timeout? <laughs> oh, I'll just wrap it yeah. up. Thank you so much for coming out. We tr- truly hope you have a fantastic uh, rest of the year. We really appreciate you coming out. We yep. love performing here. Thank you so much uh, to Basement Comedy Club and Carl Chandler for having us. Yes. Appreciate Give that. Round of applause. For this, the bar as well. Thank you so much. It's such a great place for comedy. They do comedy every single week here. Come on down. Check it out. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Once again, we love you all. And until next time, we'll all say... Merry Christmas! Thank you. That felt weird. (laughs) Oh my God, how fun was that? I'm full of Christmas cheer from my toe to my ear. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And, uh... We, jeez, we had fun there. All right, full disclosure, we haven't recorded it yet. Jess and I don't know what the topic's about. But yeah. we will have fun. We will have I fun. I promise you. We're recording the Patreon section ahead of time. Um, you know, just a bit of movie magic for you there. Yeah, we just want to make sure that no little boys or little girls don't uh, uh, are walking out to their podcast Christmas tree yeah. and finding the cupboards bare. Jeez, yes. I've, I've really muddled up a few. Yeah, we're losing you. Uh, metaphors mm. there. Uh, but anyway, what we're doing here, uh, I imagine Dave uh, or AJ, our editor, will put on under some jingle bells here. Oh yeah, just some like some of those those Christmassy bells, please, AJ. Not for the whole thing, just a little bit. I appreciate you putting it in terms AJ would understand. I said jingle bells, but yeah, you're right. Christmassy kind of bells is probably clearer. Um, oh, they might call it something different over there. Oh yeah, they brought jungle bells. Yeah, <laughs> jungle. Yeah, like the jungle drums. They have jungle bells. Yeah, in New Zealand. Anyway. Uh, this is the section of the show where we thank, and we do it differently this week. We thank our great supporters, but this week we do it with Christmas cheer. That's right. Uh, and uh, if you want to get involved uh, with supporting the show, th- these are the people that make the show uh, go on. There'd be no Christmas without these people. It no. would. There'd be no do go on. Mm-hmm. It would just be do uh, if it wasn't for them. Yep. And they go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. And they support us on, on uh, one of many levels. <laughs> That's where you go sometimes. You start talking here and then you end up yeah. here. And, and it must be a fucking nightmare for people in the car well, having AJ, to readjust the sound no, no, all the AJ time. No, AJ fixes it. AJ uh, levels me out now. Because like, otherwise it's like... Oh, no! <laughs> we'll always love you. <laughs> yeah. Whitney Houston, also a nightmare on podcasting. <laughs> Uh, just what are some of the things people can get involved in on that old uh, Patreon? Well, speaking of Christmas, uh, they can get a Christmas card. Once a year, we send out a Christmas card. They've been sent. They've been sent. They've been sent. They've been sent. And it's the and most, um, hopefully, a bunch have been received. Mm. Yeah, if it's it's not our fault that the Alaska mail is a little slow uh, this time of year. Okay. Jeez, sorry again. about that. It's not our fault. Sorry, sorry. A little defensive there. But yeah, they also- the Huskies are sledding them across to <laughs> you. They're promise. doing their best. Sorry, they're doing that with, with the life-saving medicine. <laughs> yeah. um, we also do bonus episodes each month. Uh, you get uh, early access to tickets to live shows and live streams and all sorts of fun stuff that we do. Um, and, yeah, you get to be in the Facebook group, which is the nicest corner of the internet. 
And uh, the first thing we like to do is for people who've signed up on the Sydney Scheinberg level or above, uh, they get to give us a fat quote or question. A section of the show we call fat quote or question, mm-hmm. which actually has a jingle. I think goes something like this. Fact, quote or question. Jingle bell ding. <laughs> oh, always remembers the jingle bell ding. Always remembers the sing. You too. Great memories. Aren't we cute? You're so cute. You're adorable. <laughs> I'm wearing overalls today. You are. I'm kidding. Da- I'm wearing a Santa sack. <laughs> Hang on. I'm wearing a Santa sack? You're our little present. <laughs> uh, and I just made a call out for these uh, facts, quotes, and questions live. So, these have all come in hot off the presses. Whoa. So, so when you say you don't read them- <laughs> Hot off the pressures. This is- the these pressures. <laughs> precious. <laughs> come in hot off the Precious. precious. Are these uh, like less red than they've ever been? You, yes. You already say you don't proofread, but these are so fresh. I, I sent out uh, a couple of messages. The first one was saying, if anyone can do them real quick, we're about to record an, uh, a Patreon read. And then I said, oh, and it's, by the way, it's Christmas if you could do it. But I think that Christmas one came in too late. Um, so sorry that these aren't the christmas <sighs> Actually, one of them is. Anyway, I think. Okay. All right, here we go. And I, I mean, I haven't read them, so I don't actually freaking know. Anyway, this first one comes from Cheryl Engelsman. Uh, am I saying that right? I think so. Great. And Cheryl Engelsman has the title Captain Sea Pants and the Kitty Cat Brigade. Oh, Cheryl just had that ready to go. <laughs> like, you asked for this a few minutes ago. Yeah. Cheryl had that. Love it. Banged it out. So good. And Cheryl has a question. Love a question. Writing, hey, guys. Hey. With the holidays coming up, oh my god, <gasps> it's a Christmas-related one. Perfect. Well, she could be talking about a different type of holiday. Isn't Read that funny? on. Read I just on. said I don't think any of them are Christmas-related. <laughs> With my holiday to Thailand coming up, exactly. Let's find out. I said when I said to in America, is my microphone on? <laughs> I met uh, a couple of Arizonan women at a bar, and they were like, "What? Oh, so what are you traveling for?" And I said, "Oh, just for holidays." And they're like, "Oh, what holiday? An Australian holiday or an American holiday? Thanksgiving or?" Yeah. And I and it took me a while. I'm like, what? Are you, what are you talking what are you about? about here? But I realised- Vacation. They didn't know. Yeah, they, they mean something else on the They're like, so which, which condo are you staying at? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is Jess's nickname for condoms, as we discussed in a recent episode. I, can I get you a glass of water? Water. Hey, do you want me to break open a condo for you? What are we, <laughs> that's what I say. All right, Dal, let's break open the condos. All right, always be safe, Dal. <laughs> Thanks, Dal. The condo's not on, it's not on. You Thanks know what I root, say. Thanks for the root, Dal. Yeah. Oh, great root. Now root me real good. <laughs> You ready to root me? Dal. Dal. You gotta say Dal. It's Starting romantic. Starting to flame and crows, I'm having an <laughs> orgasm right now, Dal. <laughs> I'm jizzing right up the chuff. <laughs> uh, isn't this already full of Christmas cheer, this uh, Patreon read? Christmas jizz. So, <laughs> Cheryl writes, hey guys. once a year. And Cheryl, of course, being one of the most Australian names there is. Cheryl. Shazza. Cheryl. Shazza writes, hey, guys, with the holidays coming up, I was wondering what your favourite holiday treats are. Could be sweet or savoury. Mine would probably- I love when people who ask a question answer that question. So beautiful. And Shazza has done so. Could be sweet or savoury. Mine would probably be homemade pumpkin bread with butter. Oh, my God. That sounds sounds awesome. I've Mm. I've never had it, but I think I can picture it. Love it already. Uh, Cheers, and thanks for all the great laughs over the years. Hey, thanks to you, Shazza. The great question. Cheryl, a fantastic question. I have an immediate answer. Yeah. Gingerbread. Mm-hmm. But this here, here's the problem, right? Okay. I have- Okay. There's two types of gingerbread. 
Coles, a local supermarket, brings out little- And Woolworths. <laughs> They're the two. <laughs> the big two. <laughs> it's the big two. Coles bring out a little gingerbread. They're like little gingerbread people, and they bring them out around Christmas time. Sometimes it's just like a, a, a biscuit, like just a round, but sometimes it's a person, and I- Fucking demolish them. I'll buy a packet. I'll eat the whole thing in one sitting. Like it's ins- so I have to. I have to limit it, you know. But I I will keep going to the supermarket to get them. Then I also have a a recipe that I really like for like ginger biscuits, cookies, and I again I cook them. I, I bake them. There's heaps of them. I eat all of them. Is like, that I why eat they're all called cookies? Because you cook them. Whoa. So- nah, you bake. I'm, oh, I misspoke. They should have been bakeys. They're bakeys. I think we can, you can trace it back to the originator of the cookie. There. It is. Oh, really? It's, it was. It was. Maybe when I was cookie up, from a country practice. Maybe when I was looking up accidental inventions, it came. I up. love cookie as a nickname. Yeah. So good. Anyway, so I, I I have this recipe that I, but it makes quite a few cookies, and then I eat all of them in a very short period of no, time. No, you bring some in sometimes. Have I done that? Yeah. Because sometimes you say bring them in, but I've already eaten I'm them before. I'm pretty sure I had one of yours last last Christmas. Yeah, because I try to. I now have to ban myself from making them the rest of the year because I just demolish them. There's oh. so I love gingerbread. Please bring them in this year. Please, I will. Please. I will. What day is it today? Well, it's, I mean, we're recording this ahead of time. I probably already have. Okay. Thank you so much. I need to clarify. I was talking about the chocolate chip cookie. Oh, made by chocolate chip? Yes. Chocolate chip Johnson. It's claimed to have originated in the US in 1938 when Ruth Graves Wakefield chopped up a Nestle semi-sweet chocolate bar and added the chopped chocolate to a cookie recipe. So, there you go. And, wait, and And that was to do with the name? Chip is supposed to be the- uh, past tense of chop. Yeah, oh. I, I chip these. I chip these really good. Okay, I see. What uh, about what about you guys? What do you like? I love a Christmas pav pavlova. Yum. Yes, yes. please. With all the berries, Who all the trimmings. Who makes the best pav in your family? My wife. Really great pav. Are you talking your family of just you two, or you're saying like even in the uh, the family of Australia? Wow, that's how good it is. Better than my grandma. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Holy sorry, shit. Granny. I also love. I feel like I've talked about this recently, either on pod or with either of you. The ham from Christmas, yes. the leftovers, the th- the week afterwards. What are we ha- talking, Batoki? Yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks to our sponsors, Batoki. Fantastic Christmas hams. Uh, it's so good that they sponsored a podcast where two-thirds are vegetarians. <laughs> yes. Hey, Cheryl, you got a Batoki coming in the mail. Thanks so much for the question. <laughs> um, yeah, love ham in the handbag in the fridge i love chopping off a bit of ham munching it with my fingies or putting it in toasted sandwiches yeah, yeah. love that, that. Fun leftovers i would love to have that too that sounds great uh quickly the word cookie comes from the dutch koek meaning cake oh uh in the diminutive form little cake oh yeah so i think a lot of because uh new york started off as uh, a dutch colony that was uh. they, was traded to the Netherlands for islands in the spice, a, a few spicy islands, and that's when it changed from New what was it New Holland New Holland what I, no actually, Australia I, was New Holland it was New what? I don't know New Amsterdam and then oh. it, and then it became so a lot of and that's like Santa Claus becoming Santa Claus ah. so a lot of English words came through America via Dutch origins for that reason, I think. That's interesting. Uh, is this Bill- from Bill Bryson? It is from Bill Fuck Bryson. Fuck me. Now, what's your favourite holiday treat? <laughs> this is my. This is pretty dull, but it's 
It's potatoes and peas and pumpkin roasted with gravy. Yum. I just love it so much. Yeah. I love gravy. Um, and I love, you know, all the little- As a kid, I loved the advent calendar chocolates. Yep. So thin and crispy out of the fridge. They have that great ah, crunch. You had the advent calendar in the fridge. Oh, yeah. What? I'm sorry that- I'm I a cold chocolate guy. Sorry I didn't grow up with a house with a walk-in fridge. Those <laughs> things are huge. <laughs> Taking up half the bloody- Your mum's going, oh, where do I put the sausages? And there's, there's also assist, four there's, kids. That's Were true. there four advent calendars? Yeah, yeah. All in the, the fridge. Or was there six? Mum, we'd use the same one every year because mum would just melt down. She'd get cooking chocolate or what, or probably oh. different kind of chocolate and melt it down each year back into the into the little slots. Oh, wow. And I just loved it. So, this little crispy- I, I love chocolate out of the fridge. I know yeah, I'm a yum. bit weird in that way. Is that weird? Yeah. It's actually not weird. My- no, I've now ate my chocolate cold too because my wife is so pro that I was like, well, you, this means more to you than it does to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is better, but you think it's way better. So, now our chocolate is in the fridge. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I'm with your wife. Yeah. Well, you in should come every up- way. <laughs> uh, well, I was meaning to bring this up with you more privately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you luck with the pavlova. It's it's worth it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's worth ruining, no right. I want some it's ruining our friendship for that pavlova. <laughs> My grandma was famous for the pav in our house, in, in our family, and, like, if somebody else made the pav, we'd be like, oh, fuck. Mm. You know, but then when it was grandma's pav, it was like, yeah, and you'd yeah. team up. It was the best. My other favourite thing at Christmas time these days is, like, a real ridiculous fancy beer. I'll, yeah. like, collect a few stupid- <laughs> Cool. Beers. I've got a few in the fridge that I'm probably going to um, bring around for Christmas Day, including one that's like a gatto chocolate cake oh. stout or something. Pretty ridiculous. Anyway, share them with the old man. My mum makes- Sorry, I know we need to move on. My, my mum makes us drink out of like the good crystal wear for Christmas. I love the idea of making you. Yeah, she really does. It will be, I'll, I'll have okay. a- Oink. It's gunpoint. That's yeah. it. I'll have a can of something. I'm like, I can drink out of the can. She's like, no. Put it in a glass. So then we, we revolted by then putting silly straws in it. Okay. So we have these beautiful crystal um, stemware that they were given for like stemware. 30th wedding anniversary. I'd love to know what Dave thinks that means after the <laughs> dinnerware, dinnerware debacle. Stemware. <laughs> stem cells? Yes. Yes. Wearable stem cells. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Cheryl. What a great question. And I appreciate you getting us a, a holiday- Related question at short notice. Yeah. Great work. Next one comes from Rachel Johnson, uh, aka Princess Twinkle of Piperdale. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you've got to remember- they, My they, lady. They're coming up with these with seconds notice. Incredible stuff. How good, How snappy was that? That was very snappy. <laughs> Whoa. Holy moly. I'm a great clicker. <laughs> Please continue. And uh, Rachel Johnson, I who's one of too. our great supporters, as all these people are. Yeah. Rachel has a quote, uh, which is- Sometimes I sits and thinks, and sometimes I just sits. <laughs> and the explanation here is my mum used to say this when she came across me sitting around or when I came across her sitting around. It is generally attributed to Winnie the Pooh. Oh, that's cute. That is real cute that they would do it to each other. Very sometimes fun. Sometimes I sits and thinks. Oh, isn't that that Corny Barnett album is called that? Sometimes I, yeah, and sometimes I just sit. Is that right? Yeah, sometimes I- what is that called? Hold on. I've got it. Oh, yeah, sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. Yeah, oh, I like the Winnie the Pooh version better. You like the pluralizing sits? Yeah, yeah, oh, it's I cute. Have a sits. It's cuter. Uh, that's how you know it was said by that- a stuffed bear. Yeah, or a dog. Mm. If I fits, I sits. I think uh, Winnie the Pooh is uh, a bear. What? I think I was right. 
Uh, thanks so much, Rachel, for that quote. Poo dog, Winnie. Poo <laughs> dog. Come on, Matt. Rachel Johnson also has my favourite ever nickname in this so far, which was just Ham Sandwich. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. That is so funny. Oh, I forgot about that entirely. You, uh, man, you love ham. <laughs> yeah, ham, ham on the brain. He loves it. Uh, next one comes from Jess Green. Okay, expert of saying I have to take an important phone call whilst at work, but really I just saw Matt <laughs> needed a fat quota question for an episode and ducked out. That is awesome. <laughs> and uh, Jess is asking a question, writing, Hello! I assume that's Mrs. Doubtfire voice. Yeah. Hello. Hello! For each of you to answer, there's a question. For one recording of one Do Go On episode, you can choose three people to sub in to replace each of you. It can be... Just because you like them, you think they're similar to you, whatever reason. And as I always ask, a question asks us to answer their own question. Mm -hmm. Jess says, I would sub in Michelle Brazier for Jess. Great choice. The one and only AJ for Matt. Ooh. AJ's getting famous. He's going to love that. AJ in HD on TikTok and Twitter. (laughs) And Dave's wife for Dave. Oh. (laughs) No follow-up <laughs> questions, please. Merry Christmas. Oh, sorry. Merry Christmas. Christmas. That's so funny. Thank you, Jess. I mean, she has appeared on um, uh, on Book Cheat. Two appearances on Book Cheat now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so they've obviously they've got a little taste. They're like they like what they hear. Mm. Yeah. She's an eloquent woman. <laughs> I feel like I'm hitting on her. She's an eloquent, well, I mean, sophisticated woman. Dave she's doesn't an ele- mind. She's already been stolen from him. <laughs> I thought you, you sound like you're, she's an elegant woman with money on her mind. And, and I will say, yes, I do see women as possessions <laughs> to be stolen. As a feminist, I'm allowed to say that. Oh, so we're stopping in just ourselves or doing the, each doing three? I think each doing three by the All side. All right, the- Jess, go. Um, I want to put in Amy Poehler. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to go that entire sort of universe. Amy Poehler, Tina Fey. My Rudolph. You gotta say who's who. Uh, uh, it, I, maybe it doesn't matter. I'm My Rudolph. I'm Tina Fey. Let's be honest. Yeah, and you're Amy. Yay. Let's yeah. be honest. I don't know. Just because I love them. Okay. So I would like to hear them Matt? talk for a bit. Um, I would say. All right, let's go. Uh, Jess, Silly Piccola, Dave, yep. Steve Buscemi, yep. me, <laughs> Captain Snooze, <laughs> Rod Quantock. The big three. <laughs> all right, they're the they're. Uh, people that we've been said uh, similar to in the past. And I think that would make it great. That would be a sick podcast. I'd love to listen to that. That actually would be awesome. I'm going to say three first names only because it's all that's required. Cher. Dick, Barry, Shane. (laughs) Dick Van Dyke, Barry Van Dyke, Shane Van Dyke. Sorry, excuse me. You said first names only and we got it. Yeah. (laughs) And who's who? You pointed at me for Dick. Uh, Matt's Dick, obviously the oldest one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jess, you're more of a Barry energy. I agree. And I think that I am the Shane of this group. Does that mean you're my son? Yes. That, daddy. That you are, that is- <laughs> and call me Daddy. <gasps> Can I change my name in the group chat to Daddy, please? <laughs> daddy Warbucks? No, just Daddy. <laughs> daddy Barry. Please. Daddy Van Dyke? Neither of you have said yes, so I'll leave okay, it. No. I think yes. I think you can. Daddy. Yet again, giving herself her own nickname. <laughs> daddy. That's so funny. Okay, daddy. You're, you're- in our group chat, it's going to say, Daddy has messaged Superpot of Dreams. <laughs> Hello, Daddy. <laughs> and then what am I now? You are your bulge. Dick. Dick Trench. Dick Trench. I'm Dick Trench. No, Dick. Dick. Dick Bulge Trench. Dick, Go- Dick no, Bulge Dick, Trench. Dick Gulp Trench. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The Is that from an episode that's coming out yet? Nah. 
great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, The last one. Thank you so much, Jess, for that. <laughs> what a fantastic. I'm so glad you uh, pretended to have an important call. <laughs> And finally, uh, this week from Jacoby Austin to Angel, aka Nog Boy, uh, in brackets, always room for Christmas Nog. And Jacoby, so I think this one might be Christmassy. Uh, Jacoby's got a quote as well, writing, just throwing this together to try and make it into the Christmas episode. And by George, you snuck it in. Well done, Nog Boy. Uh, I've got one quote for each of you from the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Matt. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> That's great. Oh, Dave gets the good one. Hans, booby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> I'm your white <laughs> And Jess, of course, the most iconic of all. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yes, I got yippee-ki-yay. Uh, Merry Christmas from Jacoby and Margaret in Sacramento, California. Go Kings, which is a definite current sporting team. Yes, they play basketball, we yeah. believe. <laughs> <laughs> Very relevant team. I'm sure they're- Doing well. How could anyone ever <laughs> overlook the great Sacramento Kings? Go the Kings. Go the Kings. I don't understand what's happening. You're the King Kings. There was about a year or two ago, we were, we were recording an episode of Dave's Plays. You might not have been there, but I said something, oh, Sacramento, go Kings. If that's still a team, is that a team? <laughs> yeah. And then we realised that they are still a team. <laughs> and a few Sacramento fans got in contact with us saying, like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> we never left. <laughs> Are they still a thing? I'm like, okay. Well, me and Dave kind of follow basketball a bit. We should know that they're an existing team. How do we not know the 1951 NBA champs? Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, Anyway, thank you so much for those fact quotes and questions. All very Christmassy from Jacoby, Jess, Rachel, and Cheryl. Rachel's probably wasn't technically Christmassy, but what time of year is better to sits and thinks than Christmas time? There is no better time to sits and thinks. It's some of my favourite time to sits and thinks. Oh, my God. It's the best. Well, actually, I just sit. Can you? It's going to be so good. I mean, you two. I'm already there to be the the old generation. You know, the grandpa generation yeah. of the family thing, where you get there's a chair you have. Yes, and no kids are allowed to sit in your chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of grandpa's rocking chair. It's really it was a comfy oh chair, and we God. wanted to fucking sit in it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, my granddad had a, a grandpa did too. His his yes. nana's reclined out as well. Yes. Holy shit. So good. It rocks and reclines. <laughs> that was right. That was towards the end. And uh, what a chair. What a way to go out. Um, (laughs) The next thing we like to do is thank a few of our other fantastic Patreon supporters. Jess, you normally come up with a bit of a a game based on the topic at hand. You will never believe this. Because we don't know the topic. That's right. But I have found an elf name generator. And to give you an example, you have to put in first and last name. I've put in mine. Jess, your elf name is... Bauble Grumpy Bottom. Oh, my God. So, I think this is going to rule. Uh, I think I we found your like new nickname. That is, yeah. No, so- I'm sorry, so- Daddy. I'm le- I'm sorry, Daddy. To- <laughs> I'm leaving it to Daddy. I want Daddy forever. I'm leaving it to Daddy. Leaving it to Daddy. Oh, Daddy. Uh, all right. So, um, Dave, you want to go one for one here? Absolutely. I would like to thank from Matlock. I can assume it, uh, only assume they have the Matlock Expressway. In uh, Great Britain, it's Gus Nicholson. Gus's name is... Bell's Marshmallow Lips. <laughs> that is not an elf name. That's a porn star name. Bell's Marshmallow Lips. Uh, oh, holy shit. That's fantastic. Yes, this fucking rules. I really I want you to have a go with mine at some point as well. Next, I will. I will. Next up, I'd love to thank from Vancouver in British Columbia, I reckon, BC, Canada. It's Zach Tillapore. Okay, I'm on it. Hang on. You happy Zach. with that pronunciation there, Dave? Tillapore. So. Tillapore. 
Till a pow. Till a pow. Till a pow makes a pow, pow, powerful pow. Remember that? Till a poor, poor, poor makes a powerful poor. Nailed like, that it. was like a no, no, herb. Oh. Herb pow? Zach's Ad? elf name is Mistletoe Grumpy Pot. Oh. A lot of grumps. Yeah. Mistletoe. No, there's no criticizing the elf name. I'm not criticizing. Well, I'm hearing criticism. No, I'm just wondering. Are elves a famously grumpy species? Are they species? Yeah. Just They're their own thing. They're not human. They're like human adjacent. Are they the missing link? (laughs) (laughs) I know scientists, there's no real missing link. (laughs) I got told off once before and I made a big deal out of it on primates and the person who messaged me is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't making a big deal out of it, but I like to be like, I'm sorry. Yes, there's not a real. All right. I would like to thank from location unknown. A big shout out. What's the Christmas Christmas version? I reckon the North Pole. Well, it's probably the South Pole. All the way down. Really? Whoa. The least Christmassy place in the world. Yeah, exactly. Deep within the fortress of the South Pole, it's Joe. And Joe, just so you know who you are, it looks like your last name begins with an S from your email. Just want to put that out there. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Joe, everyone is called Joe can assume it's them. And maybe you were born- uh, maybe you'd be about the age of, uh, what, 30? One, maybe, based on your maybe. A- address uh, number. Your email. And your- Or you're quite elderly. One of the two. elf name is Syrup Grumpy Bow. <laughs> it's grumpy again. Not a grumpy. Let's see if we get anything different. Syrup but- Grumpy Bow. Yep. But I think in elf, in elfish- uh, society, it's much like Australian uh, irony. You know, you call yes. redheads a bluey, uh, happy people are grumpy. That's yeah, right. gotcha. So you really want to watch out for the happy happy people. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, if I can keep us going here from Hawthorne East here in Melbourne, Australia, mm-hmm. can I thank <gasps> any relation? Lauren Van Dyke. <gasps> wow, Dick Perry Shane Lauren. <laughs> Lauren, wow. do you know Dick? Well, Lauren's- Elf name is Zippy Rainbow Bum. <laughs> that's that sounds like a, a niche disorder. <laughs> Zippy Rainbow Bum. There's only three known cases. <laughs> yeah. Do you, have, do you have IBS? No, I have Zippy ZRB. <laughs> Rainbow Bum. I love it. Hey, I would like to thank from Gig Harbor in Washington, the United States, Christine Kissman. KK, very Christmas. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I'm just generating. Okay. Do you think the Ku Klux Klan does Ooh. KK? <laughs> the KKKKK? Do you think they do? Because that's like a Christian. It is some sort of a Christian society, isn't All right, it? Guys, the KKK. Names in the hat. We're gonna we're gonna draw the KKKKK. And secret. <laughs> they do Secret Santa over there. They call it. Yeah. So it's not probably KK. the KKKSS. It's not as fun, is it? But they would love SS over them in particular. (laughs) And Christine's elf name is Bling Sparkle Pot. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I like that. That might be one of my favourites so far. I think they might be probably the celebrity of the elf community. Everyone's like, fucking hell, you know Bling's here? Nothing Uh, blingier than a sparkle pot. No. Uh, Can I thank from Cambridge, or probably a big brain person here in Great Britain, it's Tim Wright. Um, generating, generating, generating. I don't want to be Tim wrong. Starlight sugar stitches. We are cooking now. We are starting to cook. Starlight sugar stitches. Yes, we're on a roll now. I'd even accept sugar stitch. I think I like that better. <laughs> All right, sugar stitch. Or I like sugar that. sticks. 
All no, of these are great. You've ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> no bad ideas, but How that sucks. Fucking dare you. <laughs> hey, I would like to thank from Colfax in North Carolina. Pause for fun fact. Uh North Carolina. Oh, that's where um Venus flytraps originated from. Fantastic. And I wonder if uh, he's ever been caught in one. It's Adam Coe. And Adam's elf name is Wham Rainbow Box. <laughs> That's an even more niche disorder. Wham, right in the rainbow box. <laughs> yeah. I hope no one's playing uh, Whamageddon. Uh, does that, would that count as being outed now? Just no. hearing the word Wham? I, I don't wham? think so. Okay, thank God. Um, Does he, if you imagine the concept of wham, <laughs> if you if you're whammed, if anyone is whammed near you, uh, second last this week, I'd love to thank from Skelmersdale, Skelmersdale, Skelmers. and maybe Lancaster in Great Britain. It's Rowan D. Or is it Lancashire? Oh, Lancashire. Let's find out. I'll, I'll look it up. Well, yeah, that Ro- makes more sense because yeah, Rowan's elf name is Gassy Little Hat. It's <laughs> uh, a lot of. A lot of ass sort of related. <laughs> Elves are very ass focused. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, who's the final one here? Finally, location unknown. Also hanging out on the South Pole. It's Ale Cliff. Oh my god, Ale Cliff sound. That could be a, an elf name as it is. Or Alley Cliff. Mm. Alley Cliff, a little um, little little beer elf. Um, and the uh, elf name is Peppermint Fluffball. Oh, I like, I like that. that one a lot too. Now, yes, Matt, I'll do you. Thank you. Oh, I'd like to know too. Hang on. Uh, while Jess is uh, bringing those up, Dave, do you want to explain to the listeners what the Triptych Club is, which yeah. is the next thing we get into? <laughs> We're about to welcome some people into the Triptych Club, people who have been supporting the show on the Shadow Level or above for three consecutive <laughs> years. We enshrine them in our... Beautiful clubhouse. We welcome them in. Once you come in, you can't leave. But why would you want to? Your name's up on the wall. The bar is open. It's free. Jess is behind there having snacks and drinks. I book a band. Matt is the uh, sort of on the door, mm. on the MC, welcoming you in. It's a lovely place to be. I've but made what- a candy cane cocktail. In, really? And it's quite- str- You're going to get fucked up, but right. it's going to be delicious. Sugar and- Alcohol? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And, I'm, and I've am i made a, a few batches of my ginger bickies and I'm going to need your help getting okay. eaten because I don't- And they're hot out of the oven, aren't they? They're a bit hot. How hot? They're honestly too hot. <laughs> I've done it again. <laughs> they're, too, they're too hot. You've, I don't know. Do, do you think it's time to move on from the, your industrial oven? <laughs> that was one of the hardest <laughs> I've ever laughed is the soup that was too hot. Sorry to interrupt quickly. Matt, your elf name is Vanilla Tinsel Bum. <laughs> yeah, can you? That's I'm on the door. I'm Vanilla Tinsel Bum. <laughs> that feels right for you. I don't know why. And vanilla mind, feels right. Do, uh, before Dave comes up to MC the show, can you uh, bring him up? Yeah. With his elf name? Uh, please welcome uh, your MC for the night. <laughs> Hyping you up, it's Chestnut Angel Lips. <laughs> <laughs> that Pleasure is to be so here. Good. And uh, after we welcome these people to the stage, we'll be welcoming the stage our musical guests this week performing their Christmas album in full with full live band, Harry Connick Jr. Whoa. Is here. Wow. And without knowing what this episode was about, I wonder... Is that relevant? Is that relevant? Or was he the co-host in the project last night where I was doing warm-up? <laughs> and he's just fresh on the brain. Harry Connick's been brave enough to come back to Australian live TV after- After yeah, what we did back. to him. Yeah. 
And he, was there any blackface last night? There was zero blackface. Yeah, interesting. I think he probably now checks that before. Yeah. He's like, I didn't used to think I needed to check that before doing TV. But, but you'd be I surprised. Think, must he was once uh, invited on Hey Hey Saturday and it was way too late for this. Like, incredibly awful. Yeah, it, was it, was it. it was beyond the millennium. Like 2010 or something. What? Yeah. Uh, on Vital on Hey Hey Saturday, which is a, a variety show where they have a- A, a throwback, a show from the 70s and 80s. And yeah. they have like a, a, a gong show, a gong segment where like a talent quest and he was one of the judges and some people came out in uh, blackface. Yep. And he, of and course- And he called it out. Objected. Which but, was but, absolutely right. But they were back. They were on the first run of the show. They, they were on and were very successful and there was no controversy. Yeah. So, they brought him back and Daryl, the host, was like, oh- Geez, I'm so sorry, Harry, if you've been offended. Yeah, it was a really beautiful um, apology. Uh, anyway, but he's here performing in full tonight. It probably brought Australia slightly forward into the- Yeah, and we thank him. We, owe, we owe him that. And Dave, I really hope your weak word play this week will be Christmas related. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, As yeah. I bring in the inductees? Cool. We'll see how we go. All right, Dave, I really think you need to do that. Um, okay, here we go. Let me try. him. And Jess will uh, hold your hand through it. I'm always holding his hand. Okay. So, we got four inductees this week. Uh, so, get in get, and uh, let Dave hype you up. Here we go from Arlington in MA in the United States. It's Daisy Chow. Daisy Chow down on this roast turkey. Yeah. From Edinburgh in Scotland, it's Joe Greenan. Joe Joe, Gre- Joe, Joe, Joe! Like ho, ho, ho. Oh, that's actually good. I was going to say- Green and red. Joe Green like uh, a mistletoe. <laughs> I think mine's better. I think mine's better. But, From- I bet, I reckon, but what about if I give it the full- Joe, 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 Mary Greenan. Oh, yes, yes, that's it, that's it. <laughs> From London in Great Britain, it's- Ellie Gleave. Uh, Ellie, take it or gleave this fantastic present I've got you. Elfie. Make sure you gleave out some carrots for the reindeer. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's pretty and good. From, also from London in Great Britain, it's Robin Keast. Five golden rings, four calling Robins. <laughs> and enjoy and this just Christmas, Christmas Keast, Keast feast. Yeah, yep, yeah. Keast, okay, Honestly, great. Dave, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that old <fella> right there. <laughs> No, you've done. You did great. No, you did great. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. We love you. Uh, Thank you so much, and welcome in Robin Ellie, Jesus Christ, and Daisy. (laughs) Don't make it look easy. (laughs) Merry Christmas, one and all. Is there anything we need to tell people before we go, Jess? Um, Just that we love them. Remember that. Say it to yourself as you go to sleep tonight. They love me. I am loved. Um, And that you can suggest a topic. Over on our website, there's a link in the show notes as well. You can find us on social media at DoGoOnPod. And Dave, boot this baby home. Hey, we'll be back next week with another fantastic episode. But until then, thank you so much. Merry Christmas and goodbye. Later's Merry Christmas. AJ, put in some Christmas bells here as well. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com